Hey, I'm Chris. And I'm Cameron. And we love Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and all the DC comic characters. And we think you might too. Or at least just Batman. <laughs> and like us, maybe you also yearn for a time when Superman wasn't so broody and Batman wasn't a mass murderer. So join us as we revisit Bruce Timm's classic DC animated universe that started up with Batman the Animated Series and runs through Superman, Justice League, and so much more. We talked about comic origins, inspirations of the films, character psychology, and why this is the definitive DC Comics adaptation. So check out Tim Talk on the Nerdist School Network, subscribe on iTunes, and listen to our latest episode every Tuesday. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com. Look, I don't have time to get into it with you. I don't even want to be here. Reverse on Wesley, who just looks at him. Gun continues. The hotel's infested with something. Some kind of slug, jellyfish thing. We don't know what they are or how to kill them. Coolly, in a raspy whisper. Well, now, that is a problem. Wesley turns away from him and crosses to his desk to pick up a glass of water there. It's all to turn his back on Gunn, and Gunn knows it. These things, there's hundreds of them. They get inside you and soak up all the moisture in your body. They drink you alive. Raspy whisper. Why come to me? I expect the angel will find a way to kill them eventually. That's not what I'm looking for. I need to know how to get these things, these slugs, out of someone once they're infected. Force it out somehow. Uncaring. Sorry. Getting pissed. Don't give me that! If you saw what these things do... I wish... I could help. Wes. Sorry you wasted your time. It's Fred. Wesley stops, stricken. Without another word, he crosses to a cabinet across the room. He opens it, revealing his liquor storage. He takes out an almost full bottle of vodka. What? We're going to have a drink now? Did you hear what I said? She's dying. Wes crosses to gun with the bottle. I was dying. I knew it laying in that dirty field, life pouring out of my throat. You know why I fought stay alive. Wes, I don't have time. I needed to live to see my friends again. To explain to the people I trusted and loved my side what happened. We know when... You don't know anything! He winces from the pain of raising his voice, then thrusts the bottle at gun. I'll help because it's Fred. Just so we understand each other. Don't ever come here again. None of you are welcome here. Wham. <laughs> <It's> so sad. <laughs> Less like joyful, fun times yeah. out of that as we have in the past yeah. because this is just a really sad scene. Wes is in a tough place. He's very alone um, and feels abandoned, like rightfully so. I don't know. I feel it's like I'm team, I'm team Wes. I got to say I'm team Wes. Here's the thing. Given what happens by the end of these two episodes, it's hard to be that mad at him, right? Because he, yes. he was doing what he thought was right. Yeah. And the kid didn't die. No, he just conse- got real annoying. <laughs> he got really annoying <laughs> and older. But like the consequences were limited. He was working off of an incorrect, uh, an incorrect prophecy, but he didn't know that. Like he did nothing wrong except not trusting his friends. And like he's doing what Connor's doing, which is operating off of an incorrect assumption and acting in kind of a shitty way. But Angel's, like, so fucking thirsty for Connor's approval, which, like, why? Like, he's so... I, I feel I felt no connection to the baby. I feel no connection to him as an adult or young man. Because you're not his dad. It's true. Maybe I would be speaking completely differently if I were. But, like, as... I feel like... I don't know. I just... I never liked the introduction of the baby into the Angel team and felt like it... <laughs> 
felt like it threw, threw off their dynamic in a way that wasn't exciting. So I like projected my feelings of disappointment with that onto the character of Connor before he even had a chance to yeah. prove himself. It's hard because it's the end of the Darla arc. Yeah. Which I loved that arc. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind the baby. I feel like it shows it it lets Angel, the character, do things that he otherwise wouldn't get to do. Um, and it really like gives him it it shakes him up, which I guess that's what you're saying, and you didn't like that. That it shakes things up. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, and yeah, I do really miss the Darla. I think that's what it was. Like that arc with Darla was so fun and so like, ooh, what's gonna Yeah. Um I I don't know. I was really hooked on that arc and then to deviate or to end it so abruptly with this new thing that I I think if Holtz didn't happen at the same time I think that too Holtz poisoned it for me Holtz is the the like rotting dude at the end that's like I'm your father he's like hello dad (laughs) uh yes that that guy guy. that guy with the weird hair yes he came from the past to kill Angel because Angel killed his family when he was Angelus so like he's has this has it in for Angel and he whatever he jumped through a portal, came to the future to kill Angel. And he's just, he pontificates a lot and he's he's kind of awful. Mm. And so I think the fact that Connor being born and that happening happened at the same time. I conflated the two I, for sure. Yeah, for me. So like if we could have cut holds and it was just Angel as a baby now, how is he going to balance that with demon fighting? I yeah. That. Sounds like a fun sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. enemies and a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> the like and also the thing with Holtz that I didn't care for was that it was just this like boring man male revenge arc where it was just like, I am an angry man and I'm right. going to d- my whole thing is revenge and that's it. I am bent on revenge. Right, because you killed my wife and daughter. Right. Which Even is, though actually Holtz killed his own daughter. Yeah, true story. His daughter became a vampire and he threw his daughter out in the sun. And honestly, who really killed his family? He was so bent on chasing Angel that he left them alone to be caught by Angel. So like really <laughs> it, can't, ca- can't cast stones. Um, but first things first, we should, uh, the lovely dulcet t- tones that you've been hearing. Uh, but <laughs> What if I was just like the line of my co-host, Ryan Mogi? <laughs> oh, it would be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I disagree. I, I, I say that because uh, our guests eyes lit up in a beautiful way that in fact lit up the room yeah um yeah it's weird that you usually record in total darkness we usually do but we <laughs> were you like your guests like wear bags on their heads so. yeah, yeah. Well, it's a whole thing. we're in a secret studio yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't know i was recording today i was sitting on my couch and then suddenly i got what i can only describe as bagged and tagged yeah yes and that's then i woke I, up yeah. here and here we are and you have a tag on your ear yeah <laughs> our guest today is comedy writer performer and right. returning gra- guest. Is this what? What is this? Two or three? I think this two. might be two. I think so. <laughs> Kelly, I think we erased part of your memory. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm conflating things too. You know what? Today is a crazy day. It's a crazy day. But either way, we're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Greg Smith is here. Yay! Yay! Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Um, Dreams were your ticket out. Oh, I don't know that song. Uh, it's the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, it's a very sad theme song because he says, <laughs> it says, goes, Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Um, welcome back to the same old place that you laughed about. Yeah. Oh, man. And so it's like you tried. all changed since you've been around. Oh, man. <laughs> and the Ooh. place ain't the same since you left it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, man. So he goes and teaches. He's a 
stand-up comic mm-hmm. who fails at making a living. I didn't know he was a stand-up comic. I thought it was a sports something or other. I think maybe it was sports. I thought it was because it's Gabe Kaplan who doesn't give off a sports <laughs> vibe. What am I thinking? Is Travolta in it? Um, are you thinking of uh, the show with... I might be thinking, is it called? I, I think I'm thinking of Coach, the show Coach. Okay, Coach is a sports thing. <laughs> Coach is sports. Coach. There's also the show, and I don't remember. I think it's Emmanuel Lewis is like an adopted kid. Oh. It was around the same time. I feel yeah. like that was in a, I can't remember what that show was called. I think it was the name of the kid is the name of the show. He's like a little kid. And they adopt him. Anyway, Welcome Back Cotter is, he was a stand-up, he tried to be a stand-up comedy, comic in New York. Did not work out for him. And so he goes back to Philadelphia, where he grew up, to be a teacher and ends up teaching John Travolta, who takes over the show and becomes the star. Oh. <laughs> because, yeah. no, because he's John Travolta and he's got those eyes and those dimples mm-hmm. and his chin. And the hair. And the hair. He's got it all. He's got it all. I liked that show. I mean, guys, I'm not that old. I didn't watch it live. <laughs> On t- I remember. <laughs> <laughs> On Nick at Night, I liked that show. Yeah. Because it was like. I don't know. I liked high school shows like that one. And oh, my. OK, but my favorite ooh, 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 was head of the class. I've heard of it. I don't know how the class it was. a cl- It was a show about a uh, honors. I think it was just one class that was like a it was essentially like the smartest kids in this public high school got put in this class because mm-hmm. they were all geniuses. And so they were and they were taught by this kind of ex hippie guy who was like kind of cool mm-hmm. but they were all just like high uber achiever like very 80s like alex p keaton types um not all of them there was like mm-hmm. a cool guy and like whatever but it was like so it was all like the geniuses in school and one was like a girl who was like third or maybe even younger she was like 12 and she was in class with everybody because she was so smart <laughs> and i was like oh i want to be in that class <laughs> i never got to be in the, that class mm. I mean, I was in honors classes, but they were not that class. No, I was more of a French Fresh Prince girl. Love Ooh, me some Fresh Prince. It's yeah, just the best. It's so good. I if it is on, I will sit down and watch it. Who do you relate to on Fresh Prince? Do you want me to tell you who I think you are first, or do you? Okay, maybe we should say it at, at the at count the of three. Time. Well, and this is also consider like when I was watching it. That's who I related to. Now I'm, that throws me a sec. Okay. Well, why don't you tell me who adult me is? Because I'm feeling vain. So I want to hear it. I think that adult you is Vivian one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you got, you've got got a little, like you know what you want. Mm-hmm. You go after it. You don't have a lot of time for bullshit, but you also <laughs> like, you're like warm, but mm-hmm. your your softer side is not like dominant. You're like mm. getting shit done. Mm. And that's, that's Viv one. Viv but one. You, like, I also think of that scene where she, one of my favorite scenes in television, when she goes to the dance class. Yes. And she keeps up with, have you seen this episode? No. So oh, I love She used to be a dancer, but then she had babies, and so she couldn't keep it up. So she goes to the dance class with all these women in their 20s, and she keeps up the whole time. She's so good, and she yeah. like nails the performance with all of them. They do like the solo part of the class, and she just nails it, and it's like awesome. And they're all like, do you want to go get a drink? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm okay. And they leave the room, and she just collapses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much for me. That reminds me of Kelly, because yeah, you I would keep it. up. And you would push it I would, past your abilities. That's every day. be amazing. <laughs> and everyone would be like, oh, oh my God, Kelly you. is a superstar. And then, oh, but I'm like literally like a terribly put together like Jenga pile that's no, just like that's not what I mean. tied, but in reality, like tied <laughs> together by like a piece of yarn, and it's like, <laughs> like you let that go, and it's like all. Oh. I guess it's. I feel like you, yeah, you rise to the occasion. Maybe that's what I really mean. Mm. 
now I feel like I'm, it's, I'm meant to be. Uh, no, like, I would, I no like I'm, I'm not hurt at all. I'm thinking about it because I, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I thrive with like having a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. I don't think I thrive. I like it. <laughs> I prefer it. I yeah. like having a lot of things that I'm doing, but um, I don't think it's better I, for me. I, yeah. I just like it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel too. I relate to that a lot. Where I'm like, I feel like that should be my prime me. Mm-hmm. Like just be constant. I lo- I like having like a thousand things going on. Yeah, but I'm sure that a lot of my projects suffer because I have too many things going on. Yeah, split focus is hard. Mm-hmm. But I like I'm always. I think <laughs> I think it's because I have I I think I have ADD. Yeah, I have a lot of trouble with like if I'm doing something and then an email comes up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that and mm-hmm. I'll do that and then I'll go back to, I can't be like, oh, I'll deal with that later. No. I'm like, mm, no, hit, and then like do that and then come back. But part of that is like modern communication, right? Like, because emails do feel immediate. Well, yeah. Like it feels like it's coming, or a text or a call, like it feels like it's right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels like you have to deal with it right now. Well, from a an HR gig that I just voiced, yeah. um, people expect a response to an email within six hours. I know. And I, if I don't hear from someone in like even, I guess six hours, but like if I don't hear from someone within a working business day, mm-hmm. I ping them again. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, they've ignored it. After it's fallen one to day? It depends on what it is. But oh if I, if I need an answer to something, cause I'm like, it's fallen below your inbox. Like if I don't yeah. hear from you in one day, I'm thinking I might not hear from you from you in a week. And this is different than like a person, like this is, I feel not like personal. It, this is like, yeah, this is for work. Like, uh, okay. yeah. So the six hour thing also is like, it, this specifically was in like a client, like attorney client yeah. situation or it's like any kind of like service mm-hmm. people tend to. I think in our industry it might be a little different just like for like, let's say you're trying to get a group of people together like to do a project. Yeah. If someone sends me two emails in one day, I'm like, Ooh, you're yeah. going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I don't want to work with you. But in an office setting, it is like, it's like, hello. Yeah. Did you not see it? Like, I don't want to get lost in your promotions tab. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. That'd be the worst. I am I am bad about having too much to do. But also, I can only have one top priority at a time. Mm. So if I make something my top priority, like, I can focus on it. I can get it done. But if not, I need to prioritize. Because mm. I can't have six things that are of equal weight in my life Mm -hmm. like i have to give something primacy because Mm -hmm. i don't know how you because i'm yeah i don't otherwise my brain like doesn't compute when i put something off or like don't do it right away it's um interesting i i really love using like i use like wonderlist and like Mm -hmm. calendar you know google calendar and stuff it really shocks me when people don't use like don't bother to put things in any kind of calendar like i was working with someone and i was like hey i just want to remind you that we have like a meeting today and they're yeah. like oh i didn't even know we had a meeting and i was like oh well i checked my calendar this morning and i was like oh good thing i saw it. yeah and they were like oh good thing you checked your calendar and i was like that's like every every yeah, morning i have you, to check have my to, calendar yeah, to see what i'm doing that's how it works well, or like whatever your system is like you know i bullet journal yeah so, so like, exactly it's the same thing like look. every day i have I mean, I do a monthly thing and then I do a weekly thing. So I and then I do a daily. So I know like, yeah, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. What is your style, Greg? What do you how do you what do you do? Oh, I'm addicted to my phone calendar. Yeah, okay. that's and mine. I look at it. I probably look at it like at night before I go to bed and I yeah. look at it in the morning just kind of to like realize I'm very mm-hmm. envious. Uh, 
that you have the ability and the desire to want to prioritize and to compartmentalize and put things in sequential order. I think my issue is that I, like you phrased it, I do treat everything a hundred thousand percent mm-hmm. and I don't uh, want to like, <laughs> yeah, adjust. Yeah. I want everything to be perfect and I want to do it perfectly. Yeah. And it does, I think, result in Aunt Viv one style. <laughs> collapsings at the end of the day but yeah I but know. i feel like both of you probably have better reps in the world for being like on it like just of knowing you like in social situations and like comedy situations i feel like you both probably have like reps of being like on and on it maybe more than i do not like in, mm. and not like in a let's compare each other way just like no, i think that of- <laughs> all right let's let's start like, strengths and weaknesses those are things, but those are things i feel like i've observed of both of you like i think you guys do like bring it like i, mean, I don't think i've ever seen either of you walk through an improv practice i don't feel like i've ever seen you walk through a show or even socially i feel like you you're not like checked at, like i feel like you're in it when well you're there. there is like a weird thing for me where like and I really related when you said that you wish you could prioritize and like because um, you tend to give 100% to everything or at least think of it as like, okay, I really have to like do a good job with this. And for me, it's like I get this like if there's a slip up, the amount of like shame and guilt that I feel is intense. Like I'm like, yeah. fuck, I can't believe I fucked that up. And yeah. then it's like – and I had a thing of like something like a flub or whatever yeah. happen – a couple days ago with a project or with a thing that I'm doing that I don't even fucking care about. Like I shouldn't care about it. And I was like, fuck, like I can't believe I fucked this up. Like I'm so fucking mad. And like the, the well-being of that project in my mind is like my well-being. And like, I'm so mad that I fucked something up, which is just like, it's just a matter of like, okay, this project is like requiring more now. Mm -hmm. And like, I have to change the way that, um, like that I deal with it and so it was like a natural thing of like something growing and then so yeah. it's like okay mm-hmm. now I have to just switch it up which I'm fine yeah. with I'm fine with switching things up but the fact that the thing that told me I needed to switch things up was like a fuck up yeah so like that where I'm just like fuck like I can't believe I let people down like that's a huge thing for me and validation like oh my god yeah having someone be disappointed with me is very uh that's I will think about that every night before I fall asleep mm-hmm. for like weeks. I'll be like, yeah. that person's disappointed with you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that cycle, right? Okay. We have yeah. Not- <laughs> we have not talked about it. <laughs> I mean, we did this. Okay. This how week. can we? Try- okay. I'm trying to think of how to get back in. Okay. It's hard to get um, out of the cycle. The cycle of wanting to please people. And you know who just <laughs> said my priority is probably my family on this one is the hairdresser on Angel. Because uh, yeah. hairdressers got in life. Uh, <laughs> I made my personal barber, who has nothing to do with the show, so uh-huh. mad at me. If we could just oh, like no. talk about that. Oh, no. Okay. Although now I'm like, what now, happened? All right, we'll get back to it. It was a bit. It was a bit. Uh, okay, but my Cordy. My hair is too long. Mm. Your hair looks great. Your hair looks great. Your beard, beard looks, great. looks great. His I hair mean, looks great. His glasses look great. Okay. The chambray looks great. Denim? Chambray? Denim. Yeah, it's great. Great. But Cordy is wearing that bandana. In the first oh, time. oh my god, it's horrible! Because I think they're trying to show she's like clean, she's like painting and working in the house, but like her hair's super short. Like she could, she wouldn't need the bandana. And second, Fred's pigtails, like they're not yeah. brushed. No, one well, girls with hair that long, not like whatever. I'm not trying to shame girls with hair that long, 
But like that's not comfortable to have your hair if it's that long in just two ponytails, mm-hmm. like p- braids. Well, uh, here's uh, the here's the issue that I think maybe happened is that they were shooting a lot of different scenes. Yeah. And you know how she's supposed to look messy and tired yes, after later. the whole situation. I think it was like we, they needed to get some like pickups on some other scenes. And then they were like, we don't have time to like polish her hair completely. Let's just like gather it. Oh, but it looked like and again, it was really long to have ponytail like but it looks like when you did your hair <laughs> and you had a really rough night out, mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning, you have to go to breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And you just like pull it in a ponytail and you, you show up to breakfast like in pajama, like in sweatpants. Mm-hmm. In Wesley sweatpants? Maybe. Depends <laughs> you on where you that, were. That butt in those sweatpants. I was like, dang, that boy's been doing some squats. <laughs> he has nothing else to do. He's just doing squats all day in that <laughs> miserable apartment. And remembering Dante's Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If we have someone that is not dealing with guilt and shame that's, in a healthy oh, way. That's how we should have gotten into yeah, it. Wesley. Oh, man. Uh, oh, my God. That boy. He's having trouble, but... I wrote down in my notes, there's a character mopier than Angel. Yeah. I know. He's we found so, him. He's so mopey and alone and... Uh, yeah. And needs a lozenge. He has his okay, voice. Well, his throat was cut. Yeah, his throat was slit. His throat was slit. And as he bled out, he thought of his friends and how he would tell them the reason why. Do you think he really thought... Because here... I, I think, think he probably was trying... Pro- at first, he was probably thinking about we got to save Connor. Yeah. I have to communicate to someone that Connor's in danger. Yeah. Because he didn't know that Connor went to hell dimension. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so wait, this episode, okay, that's right. So we don't see Connor until the very end of the price, correct? Yeah, he's the cliffhanger. He's the yeah, right, hi, dad. He's the destroyer. Hi, dad. Well, we don't, yeah. Right. Oh, shit. Did I just spoil something? I mean, he mm. comes out at the same time as a monster. Right. At the time we were told the destroyer's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get at the beginning of the price, we do get a nice callback to a very emotional uh, part of when uh, Angel was in Buffy, when he yeah. says it never snows in SoCal. Yeah. And uh, Cordelia says, well, it did once. Yeah. And that was a time when Angel like tried to kill himself. Yeah. He was going to commit suicide in the sun. But then we find out in this show... He can run right out into the sun. No, yeah, he can get, run out right in the sun. I thought he he went to the shade. He ran out. Like, hey, he ran out, and then they like pulled him back. But he was the show is very plays fast and loose mm. with what happens when sunlight touches a vampire. We've seen someone just get nudged into some sunlight and explode immediately. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, <laughs> Angel was like out there for a second and came in and didn't even. There smoke. was not even. It wasn't even a sizzling sound. Like, the show knows that sunlight is bad for vamps, but what actually happens and how quickly is... Okay, I have a fan correction. Let's hear it. Um, If you're older, you're stronger. So he's... That that okay. dude that we saw burst into flames was like an he 80s was a baby punk, one. Yeah. like, uh, vampire. Angel's... God, he's so old because he spent all that time in that hell dimension. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, what, 400 or something? Yeah, he's lived a lot. Okay, I'm into it. When you're a vampire... It- when you get bit or turned into a vampire, is do you just stay there? Yeah. Like age-wise, mm-hmm. looks-wise? Yeah. That's why David Brownis isn't a 400-year-old man. Yeah. Whatever yes. he was. Okay. But the sad, the difficult part is the longer your show goes, the harder that becomes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like Vampire Diaries, they did a really good job of hiring actors who didn't age very much. Mm-hmm. 
because they all kind of looked the same even after eight years or whatever. And I mean, but I feel like Angel, like if you watch season one Buffy, which is like six years before this, he looks like a boy compared to how he looks now. Oh, yeah. Like you he's a tell, man now. Which it's just human. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. And I think it's but, also like hiring someone at that age because mm-hmm. he was like 19. Right. And so it's like you're going to age a lot. Whereas like if you hire a young looking 30 year old. Yep. Which they do for shows now. Yeah, that's what you do. I think that's what they did for Vampire Diaries. Which is like, like, okay, these people will not, like, they will basically look the same. Mm -hmm. And I think we've had a lot more experience with HD cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, we saw when they did the transition in Buffy and Angel, where, where it was like, okay, now it's, like, very clear and we can really see everything that's, like, going on. Yeah. Whereas, like, it was, like, grainy and just the... Yeah. Just like, oh, there's a vampire (laughs) over there. (laughs) So... Um, how cool did Lauren look in that fedora? <laughs> Wait, with the trench coat? Too. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, it was a welcome change from his like schlep around clothes yeah, that he's no. been wearing. But I was just like, oh, Lauren. Yeah. Because things were not, we were watching people clean up. Yeah. The <laughs> we, bandana thing. The bandana thing. The guy getting first like sl- slugged, but we yeah. didn't know what that meant. <laughs> like this, this episode kind of started slow. Yeah. Yeah, Cordy trying to talk to Angel. Angel I really not liked to talk. the. Uh, I really liked the cold open. I thought it was a really fun little simple comedic game they explored in the cold open. Wait, what happened in the cold open? It was the uh, the painting. The painting? Yeah. It needs it to was, change color. Yeah, and they were talking about it. I guess maybe this is the game of that one character mm-hmm. in general. Oh, Gru. Like, Gru talking about it as if it had a uh, fantastical genre esque importance. Yes, that is, that, that was, was cute. a fun little simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. Uh, I liked that part too. I liked everything that was happening with Gru. In these two episodes, because I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for him. I think he's projecting a lot. Sure. Because, uh, sure, yes, Cordelia does prioritize Angel in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean that she's not being there for him. She's being there for him in a normal human way that she can, like knowing what she's gone through. Um, I'm not doubting that she doesn't feel fulfilled in her relationship with him, but he requires this like grand, like he came to her because he was like, you're my one true love. Like he's a very like storybook prince guy. He, that's all he knows. Right. Stakes are high. Always. Yeah. Right. But that's Stakes. like, it's <laughs> very good. Good. Um, but that's kind of bullshit, right? Well, yeah. So like, I feel like, I guess I want him to get over that, that. Yeah. It's because he is living on earth now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how he, long has he been on Earth? I don't know, like three months. Yeah, not very long. He, we can give him. Some, <laughs> yeah, we can cut him some slack. Yeah, and He's I think learning. I mean, she went it away. Took me for, a while to learn LA when I moved yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, they went away for vacation for like a month together. Yeah, I feel like she's showing him a lot of it. It's a lot of attention. I think yes. she's given him a lot. But what he's looking for is a great love, and he keeps asking her, "If I do this, will you love me?" And she's just like, eh. "That's the wa- bummer for me." Yeah. He wants a great love, and I don't know that he is her great love, but I guess. So why is he so hung up on her? Why doesn't he just say? Well, when he was on his on his in his dimension, she showed up at a time where a princess was supposed to like she was fated, she was, like, fated oh. to be there, and they were fated to be together via prophecy in this other dimension. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. she left him because she felt like her. So she's always been doing this. She left mm-hmm. him because she felt like her job in, on Earth was really was too important. Like she could be a princess with him, but it was more important for her to mm-hmm. go back to Earth. And then he came to Earth for her. So, yeah, she's always prioritized Angel over him. Mm-hmm. I guess 
I do empathize with him. It's tough for him. But I also feel like this is the deal with her. Yeah. Like and if I, you want, I mean, if you want to be with Cordelia, this is what. You got to get with their friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and Angel's going to be important and that jo- work is going to be important. She isn't cheating on you. No. She isn't. I don't know. I think she can offer you a lot of things, but she can't offer you uh, that you're always going to be number one when it comes to fighting demons. Right. And I think also, like, the the remedy for this isn't that Cordelia should love him because she can't. And it's unfair to her to make her, you know, I think the remedy is that he learn how to be in this world or go back to his other, his world where he knows the ropes already. Or find someone on yeah. Earth who's right for him. And I I think like that's that's the remedy, which is like a him situation. Mm-hmm. But I still I just feel bad that he's gonna have to like learn that, and that's like sad for him. Yeah, because he is sweet and he's not doing anything wrong. Mm-mm. He's just in a relationship with someone he loves more than they love him, and wearing really bad contacts. Yeah, he has <laughs> ridiculous eyes. <laughs> At least he had a haircut. His hair was also ridiculous. It he was had, very like, Fabio. It was like Fabio or Legend in t- the Tom Cruise yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> the, re- the reference I always make. Um, <laughs> he does learn sarcasm by the end of the second episode. Yeah. Which is something. Do you mean in the scene where he like is really passive aggressively <laughs> fighting with Cordelia yes. in front of everybody? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, Gru. You're learning Earth's ways. Oh, my God. Um, but I'm jumping around because we there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. We start with the price, which at first I was like, oh, it's a it's a reference to Wesley's name. Oh. Because his last name is Price. Wesley Wyndham Price. And I guess it's probably it still is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything. <laughs> but like you'd go a long time where it's kind of about it well, really, it's about the cost of dark magic. Thomogenesis. Yes. So which we've seen time and time again. If you mess in the dark stuff, you're gonna have consequences. Yeah. Um, and the consequences this time are moisture sucking slug things mm-hmm. which are creepy mm-hmm. they were creepy they made me audibly gasp yeah yeah they were scary yeah I, it worked for me uh it felt like it was perhaps directly referencing the thing you guys ever seen mm-hmm. the thing i have Either. not seen the thing it's really cool. i've only seen the x-files episode that's like yeah inspired by the thing yeah, yeah which this is felt- like you so you watch the thing in like yeah. an hour yeah <laughs> this felt like that and i think they kind of underlined it because they kept referring to it as the thing yeah, yeah. no like it was and it was very spooky there were to me a few like rules confusion yeah with those uh little sluggos mm-hmm. um so it wanted to quench thirst it, sure. when it mm-hmm. possessed the people they wanted to like drink and stuff yeah it wanted to spread itself the it, it didn't like the heat right that was a big thing yeah dry heat dry heat okay because yeah. he remember because at first i was like heat and then he was like we're gonna dry out the room with the fire yeah my thing is if you don't like the heat i feel like humans are very hot yeah why would you burrow yeah. into a hot I, th- I think it's the i think it was the idea that the fire would evaporate the I don't know. Evaporate the moisture? Yeah. Yeah. I buy that because yeah. humans are hot and squishy. Yeah. 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 And maybe like we're like right before it gets uncomfortable heat wise <laughs> and like, but like optimal moisture wise. Yeah. Because I'm sure they would love like Florida. Ooh. Ooh. They'd be into like that. Slugs retiring in Florida. Yeah. Ooh, they would have such They a could nice just time. go down the street. Yeah. It's so wet there. Okay. This is a really dumb question. Sure. 
like really dumb and I've seen the show before so I shouldn't have this dumb question. When they break up the floor, mm-hmm. is there really a swimming pool I don't down there? Know. I thought that too. I was like, is there a swimming pool? When she's like, I didn't even know we had a pool. Like I couldn't tell because at first I was like, there's no pool. Like, oh, it's just a joke because there's so many slugs, like a pool of slugs. But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, but it would make sense that the slugs would all be in a swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. But also, would there be water in a swimming pool that they didn't know about that's under the hotel? And I would be drained. So, I got so confused. And then I was like, I should know the answer to this, but I don't. So I don't know the answer either. Okay. I came loaded with that question because I was like, I I, I kind of want there to be a swimming pool because that would be so cool. Yeah. Because old hotels, like I feel like that's like an old rich people yeah. thing is building. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in LA. Yeah. yeah. So we'll never know. I hope there's a pool. I want them to have fun. Yeah. yeah. I want them to relax they, on occasion. Oh, gosh. They need some relaxing. Yeah. Self-care, you know? It made um, me think of the, um, like, Beverly Hills High, their pool mm-hmm. is, like, underneath the yes. volleyball court. So, yeah. like, the volleyball court, like, Oh, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. Out. Like that, uh, like, It's a Wonderful Life. Have yeah, you seen the film? I have not seen It's a Wonderful Life. Um, in the film, there's a, okay, so there, you know, like, the plot of it just from pop culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there's, like, an hour and a half before any of that happens. And it's about a pool underneath a volleyball. No, yeah, like <laughs> you like you see, it's like you see his biography uh, for like a very. It's a good movie, but like yeah. you, Ooh, the it's part a perfect movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, but like the part that is like famous mm. of him, like with the angel and what if you were never born, all that right, stuff. Right, right. That happens at the. That's like the third and, act. And, and. Okay, but like you spend or the first act is just really long, so you spend a lot of time just seeing his life build. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the night he. He doesn't meet his wife there, but like the night that he like spends first really hangs out with his wife. They're at this dance, and at the dance, someone opens the the it's in the gym and mm-hmm. opens the gym floor, uh, and people fall into the pool. Oh, and they're all mm. doing like thirty stands. Yeah. it's really a fun. It's a visual that I'm just thinking of now. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm not going to tell you to watch the movie, but it's no. an enjoyable movie. Like it's a, it isn't a movie like that is. I mean, Greg just called it perfect. High praise. High praise. So, but it is a, it is a, it is a enjoyable film. Like it's a good movie. Yeah. You can watch it with your grandparents. Why, why pumping the brakes? Well, cause I don't like to, when someone hasn't seen something, I'm trying to not be, cause I've heard it's obnoxious to be like, you have to see. This. Well, no, because remember we've talked about this. Cause I know your taste, so it's not so bad. Exactly. And you're doing it cause we've talked, we've talked about the specific, the specific instance in which it is annoying. Yeah. Mm. is when you are you first start dating a yeah. guy and he considers it his job to, to educate you show you the world of media and you're like i mean i okay yeah. and then if you try to be like oh you'd like this he's like yeah 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 but you know what you'd really love and it's like all right yeah <laughs> this is a very guy thing to do mm-hmm. and i work actively to not do that well there's a difference between like Oh, I'd love to share with you this thing that I think mm-hmm. you would enjoy yes. rather than like take my arm, young yes, princess, yes. and yes. I will show you Hollywood. Right. If you have a list that's irrespective of the girl that you're dating, exactly. then that's a problem. Exactly. <laughs> or not a problem, but that's like the issue that we're talking about. If the if the list is curated for this person, like you met this person and you know the kinds of things they're interested in, and you're like, oh, this thing would be you would I think you would really dig this. Or I haven't I don't know. I think it's cool to discover things together, too. too. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. My girlfriend and I, we have a shared Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever we, like, recommend movies to each other that is, is going to be added to the list, there's a specific criteria or criterion, whatever uh-huh. the plural is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be something that one of us has seen that when we talk about it, we get excited that the other person hasn't seen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we can, like, share it mm-hmm. with Aww. them. 
I so last that. night we watched The Sandlot because she had never seen it. Oh. Did she like it? She did. She thought it was very simple and sweet. Oh, it good. Is, that is the one that I'm like afraid for people to see who haven't seen it. The Sandlot? Are you afraid love- it hasn't aged well? No, just it's a kid's movie. Yeah, and so you can my know affection that. for it is pretty strong, but it is like a kid's movie. <laughs> or like The Mighty Ducks. You're very passionate about I The Mighty Ducks. I love The Mighty Ducks. Like the whole series, not just the first one. I mean, yeah. the third one is the worst one, but like, especially Mighty Ducks and D2, like I love those movies. Yeah. Like I have strong opinions about many characters. Mm-hmm. I think I assaulted Kelly with these opinions just like last week on the corner. I was like, Oh, it was really? me and Patrick. Yeah. I was and Patrick got- kept doing that backwards walking away. <laughs> it's like, thing, I'm trying to get out of this. But I was like, you're not fucking leaving. I have so <laughs> many opinions about the goalies. Anyway, but like that movie opens with a poop joke. Yeah. That's uh, the okay. first one. But if I was, sh- if I'm showing that movie to someone, that is so far away from my personal taste. And from, that like, is true. You don't like I scat. I don't like scat. <laughs> and so like, it opens with a poop joke. And so part of me would be like, if I was showing that to someone for the first time, would I like be like, oh, can you give me some popcorn? <laughs> oh, quick, quick. Uh, this part's not important. It's just credit. Just go. Can you go? Because you, you have to like, see. like, no, no, I want to sit. I want to share. I want to experience this whole movie. Uh, no, no. So we see Gordon Bombay disappoint people because that's very important. Yeah. Because disappoint. That's actually what the movie is about is disappointing your dad. Yeah, redemption. Yeah. Um, and then it repeating with poor Adam Banks. But so it's like, so we got to see him disappoint his coach and then poop and then drunk driving. Mm. And then we're in. Great. And the rest of the movies. All three. Let's do it. Well, so you could. Here's what you could do. Okay. You could make it like a task. You could be like, there's one part of this movie that does not align with my personal values. <laughs> yeah. See if you can find it. And then if so, we can move forward. Wait, it's a test <laughs> now? It's a test. It's a Wait, test. it just got. It went from like something. Like, it went horribly wrong. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> no. It's just like that. So the, I feel like Sandlot, Muddy Ducks. Oh, what there's other movies like from my childhood that are like matter to me that if you haven't seen them, I'm kind of like, you don't have to see it. Just know this is important to me and we can just like move on with our lives. Cause like, yeah, there are certain things she should sure. Because like, I loved it when I was like Saved by the Bell. If you've never seen Saved by the Bell, we don't have to watch it together. But I, it did matter to me at a certain point. It was my favorite show for much of my childhood. Mm. But you don't need to watch it. <laughs> another, like, another high school show. I loved high school. And then I was in high school and I didn't really love it, but I still liked watching TV about it. <laughs> and I still kind of like watching TV about how, like stories yeah. about high school. Um, I think it's because it very much, you are old enough to make like mistakes. The characters are old enough to make like real choices, um, but they still have the safety of family. Like they still are, have like a safety net underneath them. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, even when it's depressing, it's never that depressing. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, so you have like a certain amount, the characters still have a certain amount of freedom. So it's better than like watching like kids stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't know any adults who watch kids stuff, but maybe <laughs> people do. Um, and then like, but adult stuff, like adult, adult, being an adult is hard. Yeah. And I guess I also like watching family stuff like Parenthood. I really love that show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's people in their 20s and people who live like I live. I'm not interested. Oh my God. <laughs> Too real. Too Actually, real. you know what? I'm not really that interested either. <laughs> I mean, I like Broad City. I don't watch that show. They're younger than me, it's but like- It's a very good show. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I saw a couple episodes yeah. of it and I just have, it's on my list of like shows that I yeah. saw a little bit of and was like, ah, I like this and then didn't continue. Yeah. But no, I, I like high school stuff. I Almost to the point of like, I have to, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, what is up with me? <laughs> is there something wrong 
it's also like the social stuff is so easily like uh it's so easy to like put people in clicks and so people are defining themselves so hard and so i think identity is really important to me and how people identify themselves and how others identify them mm. so i'm interested in that so people defining themselves and also people being defined very freudian mm. Mm. yeah you know who keeps trying to define themselves as a villain lila mm-hmm brought it in yeah uh yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's this barber of mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's hard not to define yourself as a villain when you have to use a tarantula to. to unlock oh my passwords. god, I laughed so hard that it was so the tarantula cheesy. typed the password. Oh, that's great! It was, it was so great. funny. It made me so happy. And like how annoyed she was afterwards. I was like, yeah, the one I had to use a magic bug to like. <laughs> it was like this whole thing of. Oh, I loved like the weird like ritual yeah. with it and then mm-hmm. the fact that it's just a bug walking around on your yeah keyboard loved that yes i think i feel feeling deja vu i think one of the last times i was on this show i talked about this or brought this up but the show's sort of inner conflict with l- full steam ahead leaning into the kind of old school mm-hmm. genre stuff mm-hmm. and then sort of putting it in quotes yeah yeah we've talked about this on the show yeah we can do we it again. Have, no, we don't have to. It's I think fine. these two episodes <laughs> don't want to fully commit to it. Yeah, and we have a character who does, and he's often the butt of jokes. Yeah. And we sort of treat him as like, uh, get back to, like, act like the rest of us, please. Yeah. Screw. Well, and I, I think it is, as the series has gone on, I think we've seen a lot less of the hard leaning into mm-hmm. the genre of like noir or um, because right now it feels like salad dressing on a salad instead of like an entree. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like it's just like a little bit of flavor. It's like, OK, well, we, we'll use like moody tones and like yeah. uh, weird like <laughs> Transitions. Oh my god. Those, Those are, are bonkers, Yeah. Crazy. Can we talk? And I know we've been talking about the first episode, but the second episode, I think, exemplifies this a lot with just the Connor storyline. Yeah. So he arrives mm-hmm. and we have some slow mo fighting. Ooh, yeah. That cold open was dope. Yes. Was so yes. Cool. It was like uh, very matrixy. Very, was yeah. Very <laughs> it was, I like, like someone definitely saw it. Steak. Steak. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was cool and I liked seeing. Because there is, like, a character arc for Angel of, like, trying to deal, like, is this my son? Realizing, like, settling on it is. So all of that is happening, like, internally while there's an intense fight happening, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot. So he's kind of feral, right? Like, it's fair to call him a feral Connor. child, Connor. Or would you just say, like, almost. I think he's, like, because he has a dad who is he with spe- him. And he speaks... He, he knows how to speak in full sentences. He, 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 he's in control of himself. Okay. He just knows what he wants. And it's bad. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't. He rides on top of the bus. I guess that's what I'm saying. He doesn't ride in the bus. Sure. He, Maybe he like on, Gru, he doesn't quite get. He, yeah. Um, and then he gets mixed up with some gangsters or some hoods. I don't know who those men are. They're like, I mean, one's a, a drug dealer and then well, his. But also a pimp. pimp. Yeah. And then his gang of like toughs. Yeah. And then her. Uh, Sunny. Sunny. Which, that story, like, the idea that he m- gets mixed up with them and he cuts off the guy's ear and all of that, like, that I think tracks with this, like, man out of dimension mm-hmm. version of things. But their time together in the squad ha- in the squad house feels like either a very special episode of something, like a, yeah. a guy, you know, a very special episode, 
or a very different kind of show that's about the city. Yeah. For being in the city, Angel and crew aren't really in the city in this show. But this is like, he's by himself. He's in this city. He's like in this uh, abandoned hotel. We see what I think is probably his first kiss ever. He, but he knew what it But he Max. Here's he's the thing. Mac and I was thinking whore. maybe but he's maybe there are other humans in that hell dimension. Because like think he so. knows how to kiss too well. What if for he just some, kissed little demons. Yeah, maybe he could kiss little demons. demons. I think he's kissed demons because because I was thinking about it, if the only other human he ever saw was his dad. Ooh, I don't want to know. No, 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 no. I'm not implying anything okay. gross. He kissed uh, his dad. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just get it out. <laughs> but like he Let's knew both like Yeah, he wasn't yeah, he just kissed too well. He like knew what he was doing. What was too much. weird was that it was like there was such a huge like <laughs> jumping the learning curve between the first kiss because he was like Bleh! and like well, he didn't she, know what she was doing and yeah I don't know. So she kisses and he's like lips and then <laughs> and like, then oh, the he's like boom I want to like inhale your face. I was like damn good for you kid. Maybe he's just a quick learner. He's very strong. He's so maybe very he's strong. also maybe his brain is also very fast. <laughs> well, I think adapt or die, right? Yeah, and is he's got he's a kinesthetic learner. <laughs> yeah, very tactile. Sort of yeah, so maybe he's just that first kiss. He was like, okay, I got it. Boom. <laughs> maybe also. Oh my god, I don't know why it's so like ugh, grossed me out when he was eating the ding dong thing from her hand. I was like, gross. <laughs> like, I don't really? know. That made yeah. me want a ding dong. Yeah. Really, for yeah. me, it like. I mean, I think that's the point, right? Making him seem like more animal and feral because like... But also, I think it was supposed to be like these two people connecting. I think that's what it was. And I was like, ew. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah. It was all... It was. It all felt kind of like gristle and motivation for Connor to be like, oh, this world is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one good, pure thing I find gets killed for no reason. So now that just doubles down on his motivations of revenge and... We've had, and I, I know this is a different show, but in this era of this show in Buffy, it's a lot of bad things happening to female characters so that like male characters can be like, yeah. how is this affecting me? Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, but what about Sunny's story? Like, yeah. Yeah. fuck. Even like, the she... fact that her name is Sunny. Yeah. Like... Well, you know that's not a real name. Because she can't call herself what her dad called her. No, because her dad oh. abused her. Yeah. But I mean that. I'm too, just like, I'm just saying like her story is interesting. Like I her backstory is, yeah. We just don't we don't focus on it because it's about Connor's pain. Yeah, and it yeah. also happens so fast. Like if so this happened, fast. and I, whatever they have to. The season's ending in two episodes. Yeah. They got to get shit done. Mm-hmm. But like if this relationship between the two of them mm-hmm. had, and not necessarily just romantically, but like their friendship, whatever, had developed over three episodes, I would care so much more when she's dead. Yeah. Instead, it was like, oh, she died so that Connor could be upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We met her just so that she could be a vehicle for his anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to prove a point. Yeah. She just becomes a, a, a symbol rather than a person, which is disappointing. Which, to yeah. an extent, writing, dramatic writing, everyone is a symbol and everyone is used and everyone is put through. Not to be like cynical about yeah. it, but everyone's kind of put through the grinder of what does this mean? What does this, what is the intent of this? But this one, it just showed the scenes yeah. showed, uh, particularly in the kind of problematic, shitty, insidious, sexist sort of way. Yeah. Well, I think also, and this is, I think, probably a result of leaning on in this episode a lot on like the kind of noir feel, mm-hmm. which is like, 
a, a genre so rife with archetypes, yeah. which is like, okay, yeah. well, now we've got this hooker with a heart of gold. It's it's hard to see anything more about this character, especially when they don't present anything more about yeah. her. And so it's like, yeah. I'm like, man, like, when the, when in that moment when they're sitting there talking and she's like, um, you know, like, oh, I don't know why you'd want to find your dad. Like, I was like, oh, let's see, let's see her. Let's, I want to know more yeah. about her. And instead, we're not really given anything. Yeah. Also, uh, so many red flags with him when he was like, they should be killed. And she's like, I like the way you talk. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. okay, but she's with a guy who cut the ear off her pimp. There's a lot going on with him. So, like, yeah. I think she, she knows. I, I, I mean, she's also a heroin addict. She's mm-hmm. got a lot going on. Yeah. So, but I think she, she knows what she's mm-hmm. cruising for. I think with him, like he's not—he's wearing animal he's a, skins. He's a mess. He has like various trophies from kills on his body. I will say the guy that was um, tr- tr- what's that guy's name? Trock Trick. What's the bad the pimp? I can't remember. Earless Magoo. Yeah, yeah earless. Dude. Earless Magoo. Maybe you can wear a hat. I'm sorry, that was my favorite part of the whole <laughs> yeah. That actually was pretty funny. I was <laughs> like, what hat covers that? So like a... <laughs> a deer skin. Oh my God. Yeah, or like is that what it's called? Or, yeah. or um, the ones with the flaps. Yeah, what are the... Is, what's a... a it's hat. in Fargo season one a lot. Yeah, what is that hat called? <laughs> what's that dude's name? Where is it? Anyway. Uh, it was interesting talking about like noir archetypes. I really dug the moments. It was just such a simple scene where... After uh, Connor beats up all the dudes in like that alley, mm-hmm. Angel and his crew come and investigate it. And they literally investigate it. And Angel's wearing a cool coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're looking for clues. And I'm like, this is cool. I kind of want to see whatever this show is. The like yeah. more police, actual noir detective take. That like really did something for me. Yeah. And I feel like we get like they dip into it a little bit every yeah. once in a while, but it is I it is fun to see them actually like work on cases. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. Do we know yeah. what that hat is? No. No. I I I I try I took like a stab. I think it's a hunter's hat. Oh, is it called a hunter's hat? I Elmer think it Fudd is. wears it. It's the kind that flips <laughs> up okay, at the I'm top. Okay, I'm going to try Elmer and, Fudd hat. Uh extra textually. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So this this season aired 2001, is that right? 2001 to Yes. Uh, so that's like kind of the beginning, I think, of gritty, grimy prestige dramas. Mm-hmm. I think it's near the beginning of The Sopranos, yeah. of Oz, mm-hmm. Homicide Life on the Street, stuff like that. So it was interesting to see it kind of seep its way into pulpy genre, WB, teen and tween yeah. stuff. To like the fact that they had like kind of a hard boiled drug addict was like an interesting choice to me. But they didn't really, yes. they didn't fully commit to it because I felt like that actor was very soft spoken and serene and like within herself and normal, quote unquote. Yes. She also didn't look like a heroin addict. Yes. She didn't. And she, she just looked like a runaway girl. Yeah. That's what she looked like. But, and it was, it felt very like you could, the idea of that character, if you're like telling it to me, I could see her in the wire. I could yeah. see her like, but seeing her, seeing her, I'm yeah. like, oh. She's like got like cute little bangs. Like she's like, yeah, like a little too self aware too. Mm. Like when she's saying like we've got all the major food groups, <laughs> and yeah, it's like she, putting out the yeah. food. Yeah, I guess that was it. It's like she talked like a person who had been on had been doing this for a while, mm-hmm. but she looked like a person who ran away last week. Yeah, and just, so it was like a weird cognitive dissonance of like how have you you've been surviving pretty well? Mm-hmm. It looks like. 
Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. And it it just it reminded me of that uh, storyline in Breaking Bad when Aaron Paul goes to the like kind of junky house with the oh, with the couple God. Mm-hmm. and he gets machine. smushed with the vending machine. Yeah. Oh God. And I just remembered how they how those actors performed and the the setting of that, and it's like we've. We've come a long way. Yeah. yeah. That's that kind of stuff. That's maybe one of the most harrowing episodes of television. Yes. No My mom yeah. quit. Oh, break from that at that point. She was like, I can't. It's an, it's, yeah. That like, episode that was... made my stomach hurt. Like yeah. I felt sick baby. after that episode. Oh, oh it was yeah, yeah. horrible, 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 horrible. Um, yeah, shake it off. But yeah, this, uh, this girl, you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> it reminded me of like, not to, whatever. It reminded me of like when you're in an improv scene with someone and they're like, I'm mad. Rather than like being, being mad. mad, like are you saying literally, or you mean just like uh, being demonstrative about it? I, we were being told and not shown. Yeah, yeah. With this girl, because she was just. Oh, you're talking about a specific moment. Oh, this girl. I'm sorry. I'm confused of what you're saying. Are you saying in an improv scene, someone saying the words "I'm angry," or someone being like doing the, like pantomime of it? Like you know when you see someone in a scene rather than. Rather than like just being like being the emotion, yeah. they're like kind of winking at the audience but, yeah. and not really being actually angry, but they're just like like the equivalent of someone smiling during an entire scene, yeah, or something like that. You know? Yeah, I think that because I've seen both. What where someone like li- like tells you they're feeling feelings that you don't see evidence of, <laughs> and people like doing what it they think it looks like when someone. <laughs> It's feeling feelings and you're like, like, especially sad because I think sad is sad and fe- like real fear and real sadness are like, I think more vulnerable in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Happiness can be really vulnerable too. But like, I think people are quicker to pantomime sad. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get, you don't necessarily want to get really, really sad on stage, but like people. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Sometimes but people will want to like make a weird face and like fake cry or like i have seen people be like <laughs> yeah and you're like what are but, you because like are you and maybe sometimes the scene is really heightened like sometimes i mean this is an improv podcast but like sometimes mm-hmm. you are like that's there's a a flavor to the scene that everything you're doing is yeah. like overdone or like sure. but if you're in especially if you're the you're trying to ground a scene or do something anyway real yeah there is like if you're just playing at an idea rather than playing the idea yeah and i think there's also there's a difference to me between like a person just like not knowing how to act like like a a failure in ability or like having the tools to like access that Mm -hmm. to me that doesn't bother me as much as like a person out of fear not committing to like there's a difference like if i can like see that a person is like trying and just like kind of doesn't really know how they would act if they were really sad that doesn't bother me as much as a person like just half-assing something, which is a little more annoying. Yeah. Or, yeah. And I think it's, or saying, I'm thinking of specific instances. <laughs> but like. names. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Names, we'll have to cut them. Dates of shows. Uh, no, but like when you're, because I tend to, when I'm the, uh, I tend to, I will get upset in scenes. Not mm-hmm. like with my partner, but like that when I am upset, and the other person who's the straight man is like when we're trying to like get, stop the beat, like give the game a rest. Mm-hmm. And I can and they give me like a bullshit like <laughs> comfort. Like, um, like, oh, I, like if if they if it's like 
insincere half playing with me, it's hard for me to get off. Like, I feel like I can't do my job of resting the beat if you're not really doing your role of like reconciling with me. And it's not necessarily like giving in or anything. It's just like, if I'm here, like if I'm at an eight and you are like pretending of two, yeah. it's really hard. For, of course, I'm going to stay at an eight. Like I, I can't get down to your two without like, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Like I need something. And maybe if I was a better actor, I could, but like, it's hard for me to get back to where we need. Cause otherwise I'm just like crying the whole scene or like super, like I'm just like at this heightened emotional state the whole time. Yeah. And especially it's hard when the person like in comforting you does like a joke to the mm-hmm. audience or they're like, oh, well, you know, like you weren't always this like stupid or something. You know what I mean? Like a fake, like no one would ever really like that character would not try to comfort you by saying that. They're right. saying this to the audience to yes. be like, haha, look at what an asshole I am. It's like, but why are you an asshole? Why yeah. are you that? Whatever. Or, or selling out the moment. Like, there's all kinds of things, like, <laughs> that are just, whatever. We're just, now I'm just complaining about. But I it's, think some, yeah. some of both what has to do with this uh, very specific improv. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, pet peeve, which yes. I also experienced. Um, and with the kind of uh, telling, not showing storytelling with this character, I... It kind of relates back to you saying um, if we had spent like three ep- or maybe it was mm-hmm. three episodes with this character, it's just kind of about we got to communicate this information like quickly. Yeah. So with improv comedy, you know, uh, showing like over the top aggressive sadness is just the quickest way for an audience to go. He's sad. Got yeah. It. Yeah. And in this, maybe we, we have like we spend like 10 minutes, 12 minutes mm-hmm. with this character. We just got to get to it. Yeah, and these are all things that, sure, we could have experienced, but because it's, like, condensed, it's like if you try to eat, like, tomato paste, (laughs) it's, like, way too concentrated all at once, and it's not a pleasurable experience. We should put some water in there. But oh, give give me some Ooh. vegetable broth. <laughs> like, Maybe. yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then it's more palatable. And then yeah. you're like, okay, well, now I can buy it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly, like what yeah. Eiffel sixty five says: "Too much of heaven will always bring you down." Mm. Uh, it's like I don't have anyone else. Aww, <laughs> that would have been nice. I started making this up before I had anything, and then I got tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Um. <laughs> I do feel like, okay, now we've now talked a little bit about performances. Sure. What do we think about good old Vinny's performance as Connor? Oh, baby Vincent Carthizer? Yeah. Um, I think he does it justice. I think, I mean, he does, like... Because <sighs> this is the first time we've ever seen him, except for, I mean, yeah, we see him at the end of the price saying hi, Dad. Yeah. And then this whole episode. <sighs> I think the thing is... We're. I, I'm imagining the direction he was receiving, which is uh-huh. to be very like feral and like all reaction and id and anger. And n- I think he does fine with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I. I don't know. I don't think he was given an opportunity to give us a more textured performance. Yeah. Because I mean, we know he's a good actor. We know that yeah. he can. Uh, that he can be a very like emotion-inducing character yes. as a viewer. So, yeah, I thought he did fine. Um, David Boreanaz really impressed me in this episode. Yeah, he was good. Every every time all the scene was, or at least the way it started, was just him trying to talk to his dang yeah. son. Like at the end when he says, uh, I forget exactly how he phrased it. 
but he was like just saying, "What what was it like down there? Tell me what was it like? Did yeah. you have friends? That like, that yeah, that was me. real. And he played it so because well, uh, there is that like desperation to connect. Yeah, which like Angel doesn't connect with people, yeah. and we've never seen it bother him until now. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked too when we get to see a peek at his like vulnerable underbelly, yeah, especially about like emotional and like even that part where he like where. Cordelia keeps poking him and then he finally just like explodes and talks about it. Yeah. Yes. Where I was like, that felt real to me. I was like, mm-hmm. I feel for you yep. here. Yeah, I wrote down, I think I know the moment you're talking about. I wrote down what they said because it got me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he even when he like explodes, he gets mad at himself and he says, damn it, you got me talking about this. Yeah. I'm like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And Cordelia says he probably just needed to vent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're both like that because then she does it and she's like, I guess I probably just needed a vent yeah. too. Yeah. Because they're both very like um, pride themselves in their ability to take care of themselves. Right. I think they're also like, if you ignore it, it's not happening, people. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like even her. Yeah. Her whole, her whole shit with Gru. Her whole she's shit like, with Gru. He's like a puppy. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, girl, oh my god, you when lying. she's like, he's a puppy that he's a go all night puppy dog. Like if that okay, even though I was saying he needs to settle for her in some ways, that is not a way. That's not a nice way to think about your boyfriend. No, it's kind of a bummer. Oh, it's, it's so yeah. dismissive. It's it's a real because she's denying his personhood, which sucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, people do that. It sucks. It does people suck. do do that. People Why do, do that? they do that? Because, because they're trying to protect themselves and protect- make them feel feel strong and have status in a relationship. But and vulnerability is yeah. scary for people. Yeah, of course. So it it's is. like if you yeah. make them, if you depersonalize them, if you just make them, a, oh, come here for a second, come here for a second. I'm making a petting motion. Come here yeah. for a yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Vulnerability is hard. Mm-hmm. It's and I think life. this episode was kind of like. Connor had a moment of vulnerability with mm-hmm. Sonny. It was quickly yep. exploded. Mm-hmm. And then Angel comes in and tries to tell him, listen, this is one weird thing. Life yeah. can be, let me try and mm-hmm. do it yeah. again. But oh. the, ooh, it's too late, baby. Yeah. Well, and he also like then demonstrates it kind of when like um, those dudes come in and, they're, and the, the cops are shooting and like yeah. the guys are shooting. And Angel takes the bullet. Yeah, yeah, takes the bullet. And then you see Vin like freeze and be like, oh, this like a moment of doubt, just like for a second. Yeah, but we don't. But, but, but we also don't know what's. We going don't on. know what's going on because that mm. twist at the end. Also, which yes, Holtz looks bad. Well, Holtz he looks did look bad. He's, he's real weird. bad. He's been in a hell dimension for okay. at least fifteen years. But looks Vincent like a, looks great. Okay, but he <laughs> he's young. He's young, and he had two vampire parents, so he probably has like real good like. Yeah, Holtz looked like a like an Amad like a character from Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like with the weird old fashioned wig <laughs> yes. and like. You know I mean? He was like cut on the side because he wasn't as good as either of those guys. Yeah. So yeah. Like, he was no. an extra and they were like, um, you're released early. <laughs> they're shooting, they're going to shoot the show called Angel in 20 years. So <laughs> Stick around. Go hang out on hang set out. for a while. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it, it does call into question, I feel like, all of his interactions with Angel. Yeah. But Angel being vulnerable and open and urging Connor to know that he's not alone and all of that was was real on Angel's side. Absolutely. And when he says, like, you could, like, stay at the hotel, like, if you don't have any, I was like, oh, no, baby Angel. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you think that um, heroin addicts ever have people come over and accidentally use their spoons for yogurt and stuff? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, this yogurt, like, it's really chilling me out. <laughs> I feel like I only want to eat this yogurt for the rest of my life. <laughs> to the detriment of myself and my love. <laughs> oh, my God. Was uh, he eating yogurt? No, I just, was, oh. that's, I feel like a thing that you might do at someone's house and use a sure. Sure. It's like a single serving thing. Yeah, absolutely. A Although pudding I cup. If I that saw you serve yourself. A spoon on the table. I would I wouldn't be like, touch I'm it. not gonna use that spoon. I'll ask for a new one. <laughs> but he's Connor. But he's Connor. He's Connor. He's fact that, honestly, he's real smart. The fact that he knows what the spoon is for. Mm-hmm. He seems he so proud. Spoon right. I know. Do they have like, spoons in Helltown or wherever he's from? Uh, maybe. You could like fashion it he out of like an ear yeah. bone or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The fight that he has with uh, Earless McGee <laughs> is pretty it fun. Was dope. And I love This episode had so many when, fight scenes. I was about it. Yeah. When Earless McGee kicks and accidentally kicks his leg into the front <laughs> of the car was like my favorite thing. I loved it so much. I also loved like, we really get to see a new type of fighting style yes. with Connor, which is a lot of flips, a lot of the thing where you're yeah. laying down and like oh, yeah. up, which I spent a summer in 2007 determined to try and be able to do that. That's dope. So I laid Did down. you succeed? I succeeded. I did it twice. Was Okay, 2007. Was this at a time where it was easy to videotape things? Like, do, can I watch this? We didn't, it wasn't videotaped. It was literally me and my cousin on my parents' living room oh, floor. Wait. So we just have to take your word for take it. Take my word for it. It was like, my arms have never been so tired. Like, there was a, I was just, it was constant. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to do it. Constantly trying to do it. And even when I was successful, yeah. it was like, uh, it wasn't yeah. cool. Like, yeah. I'm here now. I'm going to chop you. Yeah. Oh. Lots of parkouring around. Lots of flips. Yeah. It was um, partially, it's uh, not to like nerd out about fight choreography for uh-huh. a second, but I think this is part of the era of, I think his name's Yen Woping. Do you guys mm. know that name? Mm-mm. He fight choreographed The Matrix. He fight choreographed uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. His like specific style was starting to kind of, seep into Western culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what that kind of stuff was. So we saw very overt, conscious aping of the Matrix in the opening scene. But then with with the kind of like more Kung Fu style flips and the j- cool jumping yeah. off the back, I think that's this guy specifically, people watching it and going, I want that style. And it yeah. has mm-hmm. to like seep in, which is neat. Yeah. There's also like, which we've seen the transition in Buffy because Buffy, uh, had a different uh, fight choreographer uh, at the beginning, and he mm-hmm. got fired. Oh, um, fight drama! Yeah, fight drama. Um, and then it was a battle royale. <laughs> he lost. Hmm. Hmm. But basically, it was um, it was a transition in styles from, uh, and, and so we're seeing the back end of this in Angel. Did they? Was whoever fight choreographed Buffy also did Angel? Um, I'm not sure, but it, I we see the trend in. So it, the a big thing used to be, and I don't have any specifics, so I'm gonna be like a you know not a full nerd here, but like there it used <laughs> to be half like nerding out a lot of like establishing shots like wide with uh, all the fighting to be like okay this person's here this person's here this person's here, mm-hmm. and then they were like that's a waste of time we don't need so many shots like that yeah we'd rather be in close in on the action mm-hmm. because that's more dynamic and exciting and so that's actually the fight that they got into uh, oh. the on Buffy. Where the guy was like, and this is uh, inside information, inside info, uh, where he was like, we need to have all these shots. And Jocelyn was like, no, 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 I don't care about that. I want to just get in on the action and like, let's experience it. 
and he they pushed against it and he got fired. I think I tend to agree with the guy who got fired. Mm. I think spatial geography and fight and action scenes is vastly underused and underrated. And that's what I liked about the first the uh, cold open of this episode is that it mm-hmm. was, I think, all one shot or at least a lot of like long, mm-hmm. wider tracking shots. So I could just see, see what was happening. Who was fighting yeah. each other. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think. I don't mind quick cuts in fighting as long as I know where. Yeah, I need yeah. to know where everybody is. There are some quick cut fights in this episode yeah. where I, I knew who was fighting who. It worked. Yeah. They need to be wearing different outfits. Yeah. I like I, when one's smaller. That's fun. <laughs> yes. Or one's like a girl. It also helps when one is dressed completely in animal skins. Yeah, that is so helpful. And everyone else is wearing modern clothes. Yes. Or a shirt that has a ripped hem. That's his That's his uh, everyday clothes yeah. that he changes into. Yes. No hem on the top. Or no, no collar on the top. That's what's cool. And then... Um, I forgot there's that scene where he takes his shirt off. It takes well, off no, everything. He completely strips true, down. True, true. And she's like, and she just kind of like checks it out. But she's so cool about it. Yeah, she, I was like, you are so cool, Sunny. She made so cool. me want to know Sunny more. That was the yeah. beginning of like, oh, I'm so sad you're gonna die today. Because mm-hmm. like, I was like, I like that you're not gonna make a big deal. Because clearly, this dude is like, has a he doesn't old, a need big old you. Donger. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, well, obviously. You, I tracked where that thing around. I saw where her eyeballs went. I was like, oh, hey. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's just like she doesn't, I feel like because she should could shame him or make him feel weird about it. They could have played it for comedy. They could have played it for comedy. Like, like the show. In George of the Jungle. Yes. <laughs> but instead, or like they could have, but instead it's just like, okay, like this guy, she just gives him the space to just be, I guess, which I appreciated oh, both from the so nice. show and from him, from her. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's all she wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just like, she was very accepting of him. And even when she was like, you've never had a ding dong or whatever. Like, yeah. she wasn't, no where shame. have you been? Yeah. yeah, she doesn't do any of that. And I think it's one of those, I, I think it might be a result of her being like a quote, like drug addict where it's like, oh, nothing surprises people on the street sure. anymore but i did like that she like she was very quickly on board with the fact that this guy knows nothing about where we live yeah because she's like oh have you had this before have you had this before do you, what did you do for fun you know like these things and lists mm-hmm. things whereas like i feel like someone less understanding would yeah. just be like you know like what do you do yeah. and not be like you know like swimming Dancing, movies, like various yeah. hobbies, like that kind of thing. Right. Can I ask you two a big question? Oh my god. Perhaps goodness. a big question. Do you think the human being's default states, like Tabula Rosa state, is compassion or running away from? I don't know what the opposite of compassion is, but like you're... being closed off, I guess. And yeah. just like uncaring self... apathy, I guess. Well, it's like insult and self interest. Self interest. Um well, as children, because children very small children have to be taught empathy Mm. because usually like if you see a kid like throwing a temper tantrum because they lose a game right like you have to take them like take them aside and be like well why were you sad they're like well because i lost and it's like well do you realize that everybody can lose and then that's like a oh yeah i mean i I think that's a general truth i don't think all kids have to have empathy explained to them maybe yeah i mean i think but the (sighs) I think compassion comes from, I think you're right that compassion and empathy are like totally linked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be able to understand what another person is going through to like reach out to them and say, here's an example of having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've not had fun before. Let me. 
Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to have compassion if you didn't know any other people and you didn't have any other stories. So if we, we're talking about like George of the Jungle. Yes. A compassionate guess, guy. He is a compassionate <laughs> guy, but he was also raised by compassionate animals. That's true. That's true. So uh, I think if you're like- Nell if, is maybe the Nell. example. Oh, I think Nell. Nell <laughs> I watched I that think movie you, a lot as yeah. a kid. <laughs> Says so much about you. Well, I was watching Sandlot and <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Yes. I was like making up my own languages, yeah. running around alone in my backyard, <laughs> learning oh, yeah. all the words of the Welcome Back Cotter theme song. <laughs> um, okay. I think probably not. If you if we're talking about like completely without other people. That's the thing. Isn't being human also like being around other humans yeah, and interacting? I think so. And I think Right, like you can learn, you can't, absolutely. You can absolutely learn like compassion and empathy from just interacting with people rather than having someone sit down and be like, okay, yeah. do you know that this is this and this is this? So I think, yeah, we have to like figure out the like prime question is like, what is being, is being human a solitary or social ex- experience? And I think it is, is a social, social. experience. Mm-hmm. Here's, and this is like, and I've probably said this on record before but it's i think it's one of my core beliefs like if if i have a religion this might be what i deem a religion for myself is that um catholicism catholic i mean we're gonna put a name on it (laughs) yeah ryan there's a there's a well-known name no it's okay and there's this guy in rome i He's yeah, like the, the head. You're talking of about the pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the head of my personal religion. No, <laughs> I set up these ideas. I put him in a book. There's this guy. I'm gonna name him Jesus. Um. You didn't name him. He's had the name for a while. Okay, keep going. Uh, you'll never believe he was a carpenter. Do you believe it? Because I know it. Because yeah. it's a common thing. Keep going. Uh, okay, but like my personal dogma uh, is that stories are inherent to the human experience, mm-hmm. and that stories are how, and that empathy is like the most important quality in for humans Mm -hmm. and so and stories are the vehicle of empathy the best way to communicate yeah and so Mm -hmm. stories are like key to all of it like it's the bedrock of all of it and even if it's just like us talking to each other um and so so if you live a life without stories or without other humans then you will be self-interested yeah and like i think that is true that maybe is your natural state but it's through story and people and understanding other people's stories that you become a compassionate person. Yeah, I, I agree person. with that. So, That's why we need uh, science and the arts. Because yes. science tells us the facts and the arts tells us how to feel about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe to tie back into Angel, I uh-huh. think Connor probably is going through this kind of crisis. It sounds like, well, he grew up with hell demons. Mm-hmm. Which are probably not the most compassionate sort of folk. I don't outside wanna, of kisses. Outside of smooches. <laughs> well, they smooch you and then stab you. It's yeah. scary. Come here for a smooch. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we saw like his whole side and some blurry of his body. I didn't see any scars. It's Me true. neither. He's a good Me fighter. He had some smooth skin. <laughs> it was smooth, baby. <laughs> baby Vincent Carthizer skin. How old is he supposed to be? Because that's feel like fourteen. If, no, no older than fourteen. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh I my think, god! Help! Because no, they keep saying 14. teenager, but he seems twenty to me. I think he's supposed to be like seventeen. Okay, but I just I can't not see uh, at this point adult Vincent Carthizer there. 
Oh, he looks so younger. So much younger than that to me. Younger than... Uh, well, okay, Pete. younger than, like, late season Pete. I think that's my... like all. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> is, that is Ugh. that is my moment of him. That yeah. if you name him, that's what I think of. Me too. Love that. Also, it's just interesting. Uh, another moment that I think of him. Not to take it away from Angel, but whatever. He's very graceful in this show. Very, very graceful. He's constant. Ooh, woo, woo, woo. He's not graceful. And that's the noise graceful it, people. Woo, 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 woo. woo. <laughs> but I remember like, seeing a ballet as a kid. Oh, constant. All the dances. Um. But like the one of the like biggest moments that I remember from him in Mad Men is like him trying to punch um, yeah. L- L- Lore or whatever that guy's name is, mm-hmm. and it being like such a like completely graceless act. Yeah, I was just thought, like, you know what? Great acting. Yes, <laughs> I will say in this, so he's graceful, and they're like people are spotting him all over town, and then they say they say he looks like Robin Hood. I was like, he is clearly more Peter Pan than Robin Hood. He, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like go for Mowgli, like a, he's he's Mowgli. Yeah, all right, I'll go with Mowgli because Peter Pan wears green, right? But they are like Robin so Hood wears Robin green. Hood. He's wearing, but brown. Robin Hood is wearing <laughs> clothes. That's <laughs> true, like of cloth. <laughs> and Peter Pan might be wearing cloth, but it yeah, I, I, I picture him. I picture the Disney he, Peter Pan. He's but where clothes. is he getting cloth? There ain't no cloth. Peter, from, from Peter animals. Pan, Peter Pan. Who's, Peter Pan is not. No, wait. Who's uh, who are you asking? Where are they getting cloth? Cl- Peter Pan. Robin Hood gets cloth from the mill. Sure, because he lives in England in okay, times okay. where there's mills. Uh, you Peter don't think Pan, there's a mill in Neverland? No. Who has to work the mill well, in okay, Neverland? That's a like, Peter Pan's shirt is tattered. I know this because I once dressed up as Peter Pan in third grade for book day. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and he, I assume, you think he stole it? He got it from like you know when people come over and then they become a lost boy. Their shirts lying around. Okay, he got one of those shirts. All right, fine. Put a did what I did. Put his dad's belt around his waist and then cut the bottom to make it zigzags and some tights. I thought he went to Tiger Lily, got some skins, Mm. and dyed them green. I could see that, but there's a flow with it, so it would have to be a very like hammered. Yeah, you're right. It's probably tattered outfit. The hat is a whole another question. Okay, so you're right. He's a Mowgli. He's a Mowgli. And also, what or was that joke about <laughs> or a Nell? That, was like better, that. that would have been amazing if, if they had made that ref. If there was a like Nell. If, if Nell went through, uh, what is that from Batman? The League of Shadows? <laughs> <laughs> Nell was trained in the League of Shadows. That's, that is what he is. Yeah. Oh. Um, when they were like, they don't see this stuff south of Santa Monica Boulevard. I think they were calling us Northerners kooks. Wait, so they don't see... Do you, did you remember that stuff? That was like a little L.A. joke. A little L.A. joke. So like when they were talking about, oh, there's a bunch of spottings of Connor and he looks like Robin Hood. They're like, yeah, they don't usually see that stuff, at least not south of Santa Monica Boulevard. Are they saying that we're like crazy hippies that jump on top of... Hippie? I couldn't tell if it was like hippies were wild. Santa <laughs> Monica joke... Boulevard is also like a weird thing to call out unless you're... I think that joke's for the rest of America. I think so too. I think it's for them to go, ha ha ha, it's L.A.'s like... weird. It's like when it's it's a similar joke to when someone's like, "Oh, a latte where I come from, we just got like coffee." Mm-hmm. Where it's like, "Okay, good for you, <laughs> great." I'm sure you can get a latte anywhere else. <laughs> well, and it is, I mean, unless your diner serves steamed milk, that ain't okay. the same. It isn't the same, <laughs> and it's fine. You're getting a cafe de leche. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like cat I like co- regular coffee, but a latte is different. It is different. It's it's different. Uh, yeah. Do we think that Connor got sick from eating all that food? Because he's only eating like demon meat, right? Um, what is he eating? I think he probably 
has a really good constitution. Like he probably can't. Or is he eating all kind of crazy things? He's oh. eating all kind of crazy things. So I think he's like his body has just like really like figured it out. Mm. It's it's chemicals though. I bet. Yeah. Well, I bet in hell it's mostly natural. What you, you eat, what you find. Mm-hmm. So like to get bombarded with like a, a hockey puck of yeah. <laughs> corn syrup and and um what's it called the cr- enriched whole flour yeah like hydrogenated that. oil yeah, yeah that must that probably had to poop a bunch yeah I also wondered if it really would taste that good because if you've I'm never sure had would. refined I'm sure it sugar I would it would so taste, you think it's it would like be too, too much? sweet I think interesting like, when people quit sugar they really don't like the taste of like a ding dong as much mm. can i sidebar for one second yeah yeah uh i'm i'm pretty sure i'm at like a, a little addicted to soda mm. and so mm. september i'm doing a soda free mm. september and i'm very nervous and scared that's well, all you're, uh, gonna, you're gonna do great yeah you, I, it's it'll 30 be hard, days yeah but, but you can do it you could do anything for 30 days that's true like you could totally do it what is your concern is like you're gonna have you're gonna want the taste or the caffeine or the bubbles or it's mostly, I think it's mostly the taste. Caffeine is part of it because I don't particularly like coffee. Mm-hmm. So, have you explored unsweetened iced tea? Yes. How do you feel about it? I feel okay. Okay. Squeeze it, a little lem lem in there. Get some lemon in there. Lem-lem. A little lem lem. Mm-hmm. I might you do could, it. It would spice it up a little. That'd be fun. Yeah. Maybe some lime. I like limes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I think you can do it. I think. I mean, it's it, it's going to be hard. You might get caffeine headaches. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's caffeine. You could go the Jesse Spano route, not to make another Sabathel reference, and do like caffeine, caffeine in a pills. pill. Or oh, like, God. no, but like if you do like one a day, it's you can do that. Or yeah. Excedrin has caffeine in it. Yeah. So yeah. if you get like that kind of headache, you can also, and we talked LaCroix earlier, that gets you, I mean, it's not the same sweet. Yeah, LaCroix tastes really bad what about there's other ones that have heavier what is your soda of choice uh if i pick one it's got to be a just a straight up coca-cola okay i'm trying to think because there are other sparkling waters that have like heavier sweet tastes Mm -hmm. because like if you're not trying to do laquois because it's zero calories then you can do anything you don't have to do laquois so like the um, have you tried the Pellegrino sparklings? Those are all right. Yeah, I feel like those are, they have juice in them. They have juice. You could do like a kind of like a pulverized fruit in the water, or like a um, yeah. like a muddled fruit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't really drink soda, so I can't really help you. That's okay. I think it's an admirable thing to try, and then after it, you'll know because you'll re- thirty we- thirty days is enough for you to know you'll be like fully free of it. So you'll yeah. be able to dip your toe back in or say, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, That's true. You can make a really informed decision at that point. Whereas if you do a week, you're like, after a week, no. you're just going to want it back. Yes, for sure. I'll just be counting the days. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's hard to count to 30. It is. Especially because you'll be so loopy for not having any <laughs> yeah, soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like 20 so, eh? I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to hijack this podcast. No, I'm just, I'm stuff. thinking, I'm trying to come up with more strategies. We're always talking about all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, because my, and I'm like riding the dragon hard right now because my life is uh, out of control. DMD, DMD, DMD. <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew is my, and Dude. since I was a kid, it's really bad. It's like. Ryan, this is, yeah. For me, it's got to be regular Mountain Dew, but Mountain Dew is just, it's just nothing like it. It tastes so good. It tastes so good. It tastes really but good. Because I, it, I'm not a soda person. Yeah. I used to drink a Diet, or I Mountain Dew every day after track practice. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And so, but because it's a citrus <laughs> soda, it's easier for me to replace it with 
look like sparkling waters because yeah. I can get like a citrus flavor. Mm. But, but you, that's not the same as a cola flavor. Mm-mm. So like a, you need like it's a, a harder, anise, uh, it's licorice. I know. Like, you what need, is like, it? I don't. Almost know. medicinal. Almost medicinal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. I'll probably just drink water and tea. Yeah, and you can yeah. do you can mix it up: hot tea, cold tea, infused water. Depending if you have a yeah. fruit pref, if you have like. If you're a, I do like that stuff. Oh, I you know what is good, and it will give you a lot of caffeine. And I know you said you're not a coffee person, but this tastes pretty good. Is a dirty iced chai. I the Ooh. regular iced chai is my fave. Yeah. Oh. It's my go-to. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to like, I've a, had a, a dirty, pet, pet. and it's a lot. It's a lot. No, I'm like jazzed after <laughs> yeah, I have that. I'm like ready lot. to to do some parkour with Connor. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I feel good. Yeah, dirty chai was definitely Ooh. a big thing for me in college. Yeah. That and there was one place that had a Mexican mocha, so I would get a quad Yum. Mexican mocha, and I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I've been like pretty zippy these past couple of days because I've done dirty iced chai like three days this week. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Um, I started. Well, I had been making it, but then I took a break, and then I started making cold brew again mm-hmm. at home. Oh, that's so cool! Oh, it's so nice to have it like just like ready right to go. there, and so you I feel be- cool making it. Yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. like, I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. You do it in a mason jar. Uh, I had, I was before, but then I bought a maker because the mason jar thing is fine, but it makes like a mess. Mm. Yeah. So I bought it was on sale, just a one that's a pitcher with a filter in it. And that's it's, what I have too. Yeah, and it's just so easy. Um. And then it's so nice to just pour it out of the pitcher. Right there, there. Um, Yeah. And I do that, go to work, start the day with a little buzz buzz. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. But I have, I had quit the Diet Mountain Dew for a while. And then now I'm back on that train. It's really, I'm trying to think if I could do it for 30 days. I don't know. I'm thinking of doing a, I don't know if I'll do it September or October. October's my birthday, so probably September. I'm thinking of doing a month of no beers, no alcohol. Mm hmm. Because I don't drink that much, but I feel like, what if I just didn't drink at all? Yeah. If you do it, I'll do it with you. Okay. That um, sounds that sounds easier to me. That's how much soda means. Yeah. To me. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it would be easy. It would just be one of those things of like, I would. It would make me sad. Like when I went out with people, not sad, but it would be like, okay, I'd have to decide. Do I still go out with people? I guess, and then I just order a. Diamond. Diamond. Well, here's the thing. We talked about <laughs> this. We something. talked about this last week. It would be fine if people weren't like, "Oh, you're not gonna have like a yes, drink." A hundred. It's like just let me have my fucking like yeah. club soda. Like just let me relax. Sometimes I don't feel like drinking. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I don't know if I've had like was, a headache. I don't want to. I was very mm-hmm. grateful. I was at a bar here ish in Los uh-huh. Feliz, Los Angeles, California, called the Rockwell. And I mm-hmm. went up there and mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to drink and I knew what I wanted in my heart and soul yeah. was a Shirley Temple. Ooh. Yum. And I've had experiences where I order that from a bartender uh-huh. and they give me like a really buddy. Yeah. And I went up there and I said, uh, so I kind of like had that going yeah. in. And I said, I'll have a Shirley Temple. And they said, yeah, you got it. Oh, that's nice. And I was just like, yeah. thank you. That's yeah. That's yeah. all it takes. That's all it takes. Have you ever had a Rob Roy? I'm sure you have. Uh, soda, soda, soda. Is that a Coke with grenadine? Mm-hmm. I thought it was called a Roy Rogers. Oh, maybe it is called a Roy, Roy Rogers. Rogers. Rob Roy is a different drink. Don't oh, order a Rob Roy. What's a Rob Roy? It's, I think it has bourbon in it. Oh, so that's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I've been a Roy bourbon. Rogers. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, if you do it, I'll do it. Okay. I think I can commit to that September. I'm trying to think if there's September any... will be good because it'll be before your birthday. Exactly. And then my birthday is the first. And my birthday is in October also. So yeah. So we're going we're gonna to get crunk. I'm going to be drunk 24-7. Double October birthdays. Double October. Yes. Wow. And we didn't even know it when we started becoming friends. You are. Are you a Libra? Yeah. Me too. I'm on the. Yeah. So all of the talk at the beginning, we are supposed to be really good at balance. Yeah. We, here's the thing. We 
Libras crave balance and feel best when everything mm. is in balance. What is balance, though? For yeah. me, it's a hundred things 100%. floating in just but one, like, they have <laughs> to one feel, line. Like, for me, I feel like if, when I prioritize everything and set everything up, I feel balanced. I think that's perfect. Yeah, but when I, but when, especially when I screw something up, I feel like things are out of whack. Can I, can I make yeah. an attempt? I'm not a master of Segway like a Kelly or a Ryan, but can oh, I make you. an attempt to, <laughs> they just fist bumped each other mm-hmm. across the table. <laughs> I felt, it was fun Alienated? to watch, but I felt left out. <laughs> Uh, don't patronize me. That's okay. I'll earn it. <laughs> uh, I think perhaps Connor is like single-mindedly focused on, I guess, revenge is maybe the motivator. And maybe to tie it back to the compassion thing, he doesn't have that inherent in him. And the one experience he had with it, he saw it squished. So like Angel at the end is trying to tell him, you got to have everything. You got to have both sides. You got it. You can't just be dark. And maybe he's telling himself that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It was just good. It was just kind of good writing. Yeah. And, and good I, acting. It really. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good on both counts. And I would say too that like we know Holtz from before. And we know that Holtz is not teaching Connor pure compassion. Holtz is like straight up like harken back to Fear Street Saga like every night before. <laughs> Harken um, back to a thing, a thing that, that happened on have, a different podcast. A thing you may have read or may have heard the, people talk about. Gen, the Nugent verse, yeah, yeah. Nugent verse. Um, which which we, we talked about together. Yeah. Um, which is that like it's like every night before Connor goes to sleep, Holtz is just like, now let me tell you about how my entire family was murdered by your father. Right, and like every night it's like this story yeah. of revenge, and mm-hmm. so. The only like compassion that he knows is this version of it that Holtz is feeding him, which is like, I stole you away to protect you. Everyone is out to get you, like filling his head with like uh, distrust. Yeah. And so, of course, like Connor doesn't understand how to trust people. Um, and obviously he can't trust any of those fucking demons in the hell dimension. Mm-hmm. So, or Kortroth or whatever. Um, so I don't think he's ever the type... Not only has he not been taught compassion, but he's been taught something that's like masquerading as compassion, but it's yeah. really just like fear and yeah. distrust and it's been brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, completely brainwashed by Holtz. He's been indoctrinated. Yes. Which that, yeah, sorry. No. Uh that kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. the human experience is nature versus nurture. I think we've all kind of landed that it's nurture. Mm-hmm. And if you're nurture is just wall to wall this line of thought then of course that will it doesn't matter what your inherent humanness was because it's been corrupted yeah yeah and i mean i don't know if we'll ever like see a fully cured cured like i don't know like humanized version of connor considering everything he's gone through i think that maybe i don't know when he was with sunny as much as like he didn't know the ways of man and all that stuff, he really he seemed to listen to her. He seemed mm-hmm. to be able That's to connect true. with her. And it's like, because she showed him something he's never yes. in his entire life had. And yeah, she then she died. So it yeah. may be harder for him to do that next time. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I think I don't know. I feel like that as much as I wish it was over set several episodes and she wasn't just a device, those scenes taught me. I care more about him now or I feel more like he's 
capable of being saved now mm-hmm. than I would if we didn't have those scenes and it just cut to Angel saving, you know, mm-hmm. if, we ju- if we skipped Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, what if it was a character, what if it was like one of Angel's crew that had this experience with Connor? Oh my God. Well, that I'd person probably... wound up dying. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa. That would have been so... Not to rewrite Angel. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that would have been, been amazing. High stakes. Yeah. Like it had been Gru and it would have been that both of them had been out of the world and then then Gru dies. (laughs) (laughs) Weird, weird turn. Yeah. Also, Uh, he finds it and he's like, what is this strange device? Also, I felt like, okay, Connor is really smart. So part of me wonders if maybe Holtz told him some stuff because, like, that he was able to understand that the powder that's the medicine that she uses the spoon for becomes liquid in a syringe Mm -hmm. that she sticks in her arm. I mean, well, I didn't understand all those Holtz steps until like I was a, like 12. You're going to Earth. Here's some basic stuff. <laughs> well, like, remember how it's like he, because it's no, not like he found a syringe. <laughs> like he found powder. Right. Yeah. And powder does not equal liquid. Right. He could have just as easily been like, oh my gosh, someone came in here and stuck this weird thing in her arm and she's dead. But we maybe, maybe Holtz did what was done to him, which was <laughs> set up 10 TVs all simultaneously showing the history of Earth. <laughs> No, then, just the last like uh, 200 years. Okay, in the last Very 200 speed. years. And yeah. then it's like, oh, okay, now yeah. I know. Because it was just like, I was impressed. <laughs> I I, I remember, for me, I don't think it was until I saw the movie Traffic where yeah. Elena Christensen and uh, Topher Grace, like literally, he's like one of the like rich kids who does drugs at that the beginning sense. with her and mm-hmm. before she like that runs tracks. away from home. Um, and they like literally like, you see them freebasing. Yeah. And like, until I had seen that, I d- which I guess isn't even how you do stuff you should do, whatever. But like I saw them freebasing and it wasn't until I saw that where they like literally show you step by step how it works that I understood it. For me, it was Requiem for a Dream. That's just about okay. that. Explain that to me. In I didn't see cool, that until later. Cuts. Yeah. God, that movie. That movie's, that movie's important to it, me. It, how many times? Do you, have you seen it more than once? Like I a, saw a it ton. like three times probably. I think I've only seen it twice. And after the second one, I was like, I don't, I, it's, this is, hurts. It's a real bummer. So I haven't gone It's back. a real bummer. I, it was kind of a formative movie for me as a kid because it was one of the first movies I saw where I kind of saw the directing. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the techniques used, the quick cuts and the split screens and the cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like looked it up and it's kind of what got me into uh, filmmaking being so powerful. And yeah. And you can do anything with every part of it. That's why mm-hmm. I like it so much. Oh, that's so cool. I'm just picturing like baby Greg, like being like, oh, this yeah. is so cool. And, I, was like, a re- writing, I was a real weirdo. Yeah. Writing little notes. I wasn't weird. I was a completely normal person that had a lot of friends and only did cool things you see on TV that teenagers do. That sounds yeah. nice. You were like Kelly Kapowski. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sounds really nice. <laughs> I wasn't watching Nell over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Making up languages for yourself. Did you, so did you have to ask your parents to rent Nell for you? Well, guess what? We sometimes we would rent movies and then my dad would record them no. onto yes onto Ooh. yeah and then so we That's had m- not ethical I know and then so we had um a bunch of just like videotapes and then it would you know be my dad's writing yeah. like what the movie was I remember watching that movie a ton and it always making me feel really weird and and, and I remember my parents being like are you watching Nell again and I just like I don't know <laughs> I don't know it just came on turned into I tuned into the VCR. That's <laughs> how I talked. Is okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Um, we had a bunch of VHSs with handwriting on them, but they were all taped from v- HBO. 
Mm. Not all, but like that was the thing. My dad would tape stuff or, off each yeah. HBO and then we would keep it. So I guess that was also semi-unethical. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just remember having the moment when I was like, I need to rent Requiem for a Dream again. And like having to ask <laughs> my mom and just her like looking at it. And yeah. Like, Why? What? Am, I, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> oh. But eventually they realized that stuff with like unsavory adult themes, language violence, whatever, that it kind of wasn't affecting me, that I was kind of watching it for the, the craftsmanship. So God bless them for making that realization. Would they watch things like that with you? No. It was very much, I would go in the basement and watch my weird movies mm-hmm. and they would be upstairs and be like, well, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's so funny. He seems okay. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I had a basement growing up because oh I would God, have gotten into weird stuff. Basements are, I mean, one, I don't know what it's like to not grow up with a basement, but yeah, I don't know how people without them, like, what do you do? You hang out in your room? Yeah. And you have this constant fear that your parents are going to no. barge in. No. And like. I still had that fear. But you really? can hear the yeah. door and yeah, the and for steps. Me, there was like stairs. Yeah, was your sort of like, yeah. Yeah. yeah mine? Yeah, there's a there's that was like me, like <laughs> frantically changing the channel rap videos. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, our and our laundry was on the same floor as our basement, so like it wasn't like my parents. My mom never went down there because mm-hmm. the laundry same, machine was down same. there. So, but it was like the we had the finished side and the unfinished side. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just like that's where you hang out with your friends. Mm-hmm. We had a fridge down there. Mm, I kept, yeah. Sometimes we'd have Diamond Dew in there. DMD. My mom was like, no, we're keeping it upstairs because otherwise you'll just drink it all. <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, you need the steps. <laughs> you <laughs> you get Diamond Dew. <laughs> you have to get the take up steps. But it was oh, actually. Like incentivizing it. I like yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was a finished basement that like it was finished before we moved in, but it had a bar. But like my parents are not the kind of people to like entertain people in their basement. Um, Like they just didn't ha- throw those kind of parties. So we just had this bar that would just like just took up space in a corner of the basement that we didn't keep our, our we kept our liquor in other plate like they kept the liquor high on the on top of the fridge mm-hmm. with not a lock on it so half yeah, of it was water too. by the time I graduated high school <laughs> but like because they they also my mom doesn't drink and my dad was a beer drinker so like it was so we just had this weird bar that we kept National Geographic's on. <laughs> and other magazines like it was just like and my mom at one point put her archie comics there so we just had like i guess it was like sort of an extension of our it's like bookshelf an intellectual bar yeah, yeah a bar if you want to like read archie comics or uh, romance comics that's, I, I want that bar right now <laughs> <laughs> um um we should probably wrap okay right mm-hmm. i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've got to talk um, about oh i just wrote normcore wesley's jeans did we see his jeans? I saw them. I saw his apartment too, which is n- not decorated. No, it, a huge bummer. It's, yeah, very minimalist. Very um, sad. Also, I think, and you see, there is a little bit of spark there, but him and Lila, I feel like the show is trying to be like, he's so broody now that he's ready to like spar with Lila. Yeah. But Lila's kind of not good at her job. She's, she's desperate. She's desperate. I guess that's what it is. It's like, I wish they were like two people like in a similar place, but like, I don't know. She just seems like she's begging him to come work for her. It also just seems like also she's like, rather than it being like, oh, we're both engaged in this thing. So like, let's like tango. Instead, it's like, 
her being like, all right, so you're pretty much like the most sad, dejected guy in the world, ready to like fuck with Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> like, it just seems like you're kind of a bummer and huh. I'm evil, so let's just do this. Yes. Which is less compelling to me. Yeah. I have one final fashion. Yes, spot. please. Talking about normcore jeans. Uh, I think it was Gunn who was wearing this. It was the short sleeve tee over a long sleeve tee. Yes, I remember that. I was, oh, yeah. I, that, Really took me back. Yeah, yes. I very much remember putting on that kind of outfit and looking in the mirror and being like, "This is good." Yeah, no, absolutely. This that is was good. I remember that being like, I remember buying shirts that had the fake look. Yes, 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 yes. Wait, you wore that look? Mm-hmm. Coles and Old Navy, baby. That I wore a lot. That was like my carpenter jeans. Oh, I forgot you. I'm now I'm picturing you again. I'm sorry. I just don't picture you that way because you don't dress that way now. Right. No, I. It's only... very androgynous. Yeah, I liked uh, boys' clothes. That was kind of the style, early 2000s. Yeah, and like bigger, skater bigger. shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like really into that look. Like you were like Avril Lavigne. Oh, I wanted I wanted to look like her. I thought she was so cool. Did you ever yeah. wear a tie? No, I wasn't. I like I it was one of those things where I was like I don't know where to get one. I don't know. Like uh, and then I was too scared to try yeah. and wear it. You know when you're like a kid and you're scared to try a look cuz you're like I don't know, yeah. it might like look bad. People might notice I'm looking like a thing. Yeah. And then everyone's going to mention it. You know, like, oh, you're wearing a tie, huh? What do you think you are, Avril Lavigne? I was already bullied, bullied enough as it was, so I didn't need that. Oh. Nondescript. <laughs> <laughs> double T-shirts. Yeah, double T. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we have to say about that. <laughs> no? And that's what we have to say about that. Um, Greg, it's plug time. What, what can you plug? What do you got for us? Oh, um... Ooh, what's going on? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Those are both at Smith L. Greg. L is the first letter of my middle name, Lawrence. Uh, if you live in Los Angeles, Kelly's messing with the sound. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 it's funny. Uh, is it okay? It's it's medium. But if you live in Los Angeles, you can come and see her do that. That's true. No. <laughs> uh, if you live in LA, you can go to like gregsmith.ucbcomedy.com to see my shows at the UCB Theater. Uh, I did a little acting thing on a James Corden bit recently. He, he does those crosswalk musicals. He did Hair with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I was in one, and he, he did a bit up top with me that hurt. <gasps> so if oh, no. you want to see James Corden hurt me on television, you can YouTube that and check awesome. it out. Awesome. Yay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a, a, a dang dream. Aww. Um, if you want to follow our podcast on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Hellmouthy. If you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Kelly Nuji. If you want to follow Ryan on Instagram and Twitter, she is at Mogi. And next week, we are... are we're going to talk about some episodes of the show. That, that'll be a fun change of pace. <laughs> um, oh, next week... Oh, my God. We are going to talk about... <laughs> Seeing Red and Villains on our Hellmouthy, our Buffy episode. And then after that, we're going to talk about the season finale, the last, the penultimate and the final episode of the season of Angel, Benediction, and Tomorrow. So yeah. it's going to get real. I mean, it's, it's kind of real, real already, but like, oh, and if you are tired of Connor already, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> too bad. So sad. <laughs> Sorry about it. Um, cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, we will catch up with you next week. We don't say bye. Oh my god, do we have to do this every I feel like every week we talk about how we don't say bye. Do we say bye?